Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. In the U.S., there are entire agencies that have grown up to represent deceased celebrities and they've made substantial business doing it. There's business in death. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns, and you are... Tammy Burns. Tammy Burns, I have a special announcement to make about the Rock School Radio Show. I need to figure out how many years we've been doing this. I used to keep real track of that. Right. And then just decided it it seems a dumb thing that the audience isn't interested, but I am. Now, here's the next sort of chapter. We just got picked up, the Rock School Radio Show podcast just got picked up on iHeartRadio. Yay! I know, I'm, I was blown away, and I, the way we did it is you 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 provide iHeartRadio with a link to all of your podcasts, and then they make the decision whether you should be on their service or not. They're the Love num- it. They're the number one deliverer. Is that a word? It is. We have to worry about our words now that we're on iHeartRadio. It is the number one deliverer of podcasts, and they accepted us. And slowly but surely, if you keep logging in, you will see all of the Rock School shows coming up on iHeartRadio, which is wicked cool. I want a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt, too. And there's an article I have to read that talks about how I am to create images for it and promote through it and all that so i'll make a point of doing that real soon but as it stands right now take your telephonic devices go ahead and get the iheart radio app on your phone and search rock school and there we are there we are so i'm happy about that okay let's talk about death now that i've done all of that happiness eddie money dies on september 13th throat cancer specifically esophageal cancer gets him rick ocasek dies september 15th they say natural causes but what technically killed him was heart problems okay in a september 27th billboard music article titled any money the cars classic hits hit rock song charts after legend's death it states eddie money's 1986 top five billboard hit take me home tonight re-entered the rock chart at number three while it was on top of the rock digital sales songs chart his sales went up 266 percent according to nielsen after he died right okay are those new sales Yes, brand new sales. Brand new, okay. Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise goes to number four. Shaken goes to number 10. Baby Hold On goes to number 12. Wow. Okay? Uh-huh. The Cars, their top five hit, Drive, which, by the way, was sung by Benjamin Orr, the bassist. Uh, he died back in 2000, is at number six, and their sales are up 1,526%. 
My goodness. They have also Just What I Needed at number nine, My Best Friend's Girl at number 21. The Cars Greatest Hits is atop the Billboard Rock Chart albums. Yeah. So, how does one become successful with sales? Well, die. Because when you pass, the number of sales skyrockets. And I'm not just saying this for people who are really known like Eddie Money and Rick Ocasek and David Bowie and Amy Mm -hmm. Winehouse. This is across the board. So what I want to look into today is when a person passes away, what does it mean to their sales? What does it mean to the charts? How much more do they get? There's averages and there have been studies done on this. There's even a a Saturday Night Live bit with Dana Carvey where they make the joke about that guy that was going chopping broccoli. Yeah. (laughs) There's a second, look it up on YouTube. There's a secondary uh, Saturday Night Live bit where they say to him, do you really want to put your sales up? Have you thought about dying? That's right. (laughs) It really does move the sales. So for an hour today, what we're going to talk about is the idea of, well, what does it mean? What do you get on average? Is it more for a bigger artist? And we're going to talk about Forbes' uh, top 10 most money-earning dead celebrities. And on top of that, the, the big question, why? Why do people even do this when somebody dies? Why do they go and go after their music again? There's about four or five theories about why. Good. I want to hear them. Let's play Eddie Money. Here he is on Rock School. idea that when an artist passes away, and we've had a couple pretty big ones, and it always seems like they die in threes. My question about that is, of course people die in threes. If you just simply start counting at some point in time, you're going to get to three. Always. You know? I love it. When David Bowie passes away, Mm -hmm. the New York Times announces that within 12 hours of the news, reports were that 35 million people had 100 million interactions on Facebook just to David Bowie. Right. Which means people were posting, oh my gosh, I miss David Bowie. And I always do that. When somebody Mm -hmm. I really like passes, I put something up on Facebook that says, goodbye, Dr. John. Uh, you know, I'm glad I got to see you live. Thank you for the music. Rest in peace. Right. And that that's all I do. I don't blab on about the fact that, you know, I've not listened to him for five years, but now that he's died, I loved him. You know, I don't do that stuff, but a right. lot of people do. It says here, the official announcement of Bowie's death on Facebook received more than 407,000 likes. What? Likes? What else were you going to do? Well, there's like six different 
things you can choose. A sad face, a crying face, an angry face, uh, Okay, a light, so crying would have been much better? Yes! Uh, there should be one that just says respect, huh? Yeah, and that... 407,000 likes created 387 shares. Now, that's all free. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what we call slacktivism in the world of academia. I want to do something. I'm going to change my Facebook profile. That's slacktivism. Okay. It's activism, but you're a slacker. Ooh. Does it move into more money? What about sales? Things like that. Well, the day after he dies, David Bowie's album Black Star, which was released two days before he passed away. Again, I think that was completely created. Okay. I think Bowie wanted that to happen, and God bless him for it. It leapt to the top position on the iTunes sales chart. Would it have done that had he not died? Probably not. Don't, I wouldn't think so. Don't get me wrong. David Bowie is a classic artist, but much like Paul McCartney, the Beatles and such. Yeah. You know, would the Beatles have been the Beatles had they came out in 1978? No. No. See, it's, it's you know, why was Mozart so wonderful? Because he had the brilliance to be born when he was born. Exactly. Right. However, his greatest hits compilation, Best of Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, were all at number one and number four. Hunky Dory climbs to number six. The Best of Bowie, 6974, comes in at number 11, and Let's Dance goes to number 12. So, with the Eddie Money information and with the Rick Ocasek information, it's an idea of when you die, all of this happens. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about why it happens. And I have even more discussion Dude, about what happens with sales of people. I would have an album ready just to go when yeah. I kick the bucket. That's not a dumb idea. It, it the isn't. death album, there here are the death tapes, everything. That's, ready to go. Make my family some money. That would be really a neat thing to have something called the death album. Those, those things you see in movies and uh -huh. such, if you're watching this, I must be dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yul Brynner did a wonderful PSA about not smoking. That's and, right. and it started with, if you're watching this, I must be dead. Wouldn't that be great at the beginning of the album you release it and it says, if you're listening to this, I must be dead. That's right. Oh, I'm going to record the death album. That's not a question. <laughs> All right, when we get back, we'll start talking theory. We'll start talking about other people and their sales and such. I mentioned David Bowie. Okay, here's some David Bowie on Rock School.
Coming out of David Bowie, there are these three researchers that are out of Germany. They are Brandes, Frank, and Neusch, I assume. N-E-U-S-C-S. I'm not How laughing. would you say it? Neusch? I would. You, I would. I would say it often. Say it proud. What, what, is with, what is with you and German names? You're always being triggered by them. No, I know. They suggested an average increase in sales in their piece of research called, once again, academics can make anything bulletproof, death-related publicity as informational advertising, colon, evidence from the music industry. Ooh. Goodness. Very good. When somebody dies, mm -hmm. what is the average increase in sales upon their death? According to these three fellas, 54.1%. 54.1%. So okay. just over half again. Based on, and this is how they did their research, they based it on U.S. sales data for 446 music albums of 77 artists who died in the years 1992 to 2010. The relative increase in sales after the death of an artist is higher depending on how well the album sold during their lifetime. Okay. So if yep, it was yep. a number one album during the time they were alive, yeah. it sells more after they died. Right, such as Michael not. Jackson, right? Right, which is when Michael Jackson died, mm -hmm. Thriller had fallen from the number one top-selling album in the world, was taken over, by, I believe, by the Eagles. Right. And then now he has the top-selling album in the world, and of course, the top-selling album in the United States. It says here, while we do not deny, this is quoting from it, while we do not deny the death-related publicity also creates effect reactions of exciting customers, our finding indicates that death-related publicity serves primarily as the informational advertising that informs new customers who are likely to buy the artist's best albums after death. Okay, let me translate that Please academia do. for you. What they're saying is the death of an artist introduces him to a new generation because what usually happens is, say, what happens with David Bowie. Yeah. He was unbelievably popular in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And, of course, those who loved him mm -hmm. loved him the whole way through Tin Men and Let's Dance and all of that. But when he passes in the 2000s, this group of people who had parents who loved him came to him. So this little piece of information states that the death is advertising to new people to buy the music. By the way, I don't believe that as far as I can throw the really? journal that it's in. You're telling me that if right now Van Halen dies, it yeah. will only be 20-year-old kids who buy their albums again? Bruh. You, you think people are going to rebuy? Hey, hey. Is that a there, word? There be the question, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Amy Winehouse. Yes. After her death, uh -huh. her music sales went up 30 Seven, And she was popular when she died. It's not like she had been out of the spotlight. That's not much. 37 times. What? Is it not? It's you not mean, like 50-something. Well, here's the thing. It's not a percentage, darling. It's not like she sold 100 and then she sold 150. It's 37 times, which means if she sold 100, she sold 3,700. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. But yeah. I, I would have... She was so popular at the time. Right. And she was young. And she was 27. 27. Right? Met the club. She met the club. Yeah. She hit all of the numbers that 
people talk about. Yeah, but the mystery. Who bought everything? Them? Who the heck bought them? And you you ask yourself, you know, that's the next break. That's the next break. Let, let's just play Amy Winehouse, okay? This is good radio. This is the reason we're on iHeartRadio here on Rock School. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time. And if my daddy thinks I'm fine. Try to make me go to rehab I won't go, go, go Say no, no, no Yes, I've been black But when I come back You'll know, no, no I ain't got the time And if my daddy thinks I'm fine Just try to make me Okay, coming into the first break, you made the question, and I almost tripped into it after the Amy Winehouse discussion. Why? Why do people do this? I understand going to Facebook and creating likes and creating a post and things like that. That costs boopkiss. Yep. It does not cost you any money. However, making a person's sales go up 37 times, not 37%. Right. 37 times. The fact that the car's sales were up 2,700%. Are you kidding it's me? It's a lot of money. It's a it lot really of coin, is. huh? And and I'm sorry. I have to believe Paulina Poroskova is quite happy about it. How long is it going to last is a question. I guess it'll, it'll be sort of an immediate thing, and then someone else will die, and Rick Ocasek will fall out of the yep. you know the pretty boy limelight but here's what i found and this is only gleaning from multiple uh, i guess articles and such because none of them addressed it immediately why that german piece of academic research suggested that the idea was that new people were introduced to the artist and that's what it is i i I have so, so hard a time believing that. Right. Only because the newest generation does not go out of their way to purchase music. They stream it. Yeah. They don't purchase. They they buy access to. So that doesn't seem movable to me. So it seems to me that the... The idea is that people who already love the group or the person rebuy the music. But why? Again, here are some things I found. Number one, the fan wants to do something. Something, something anything. Active. Right, something active. I don't want to be passive. I want to be active. And what's the quickest way to do that? Buy something. Wait a minute. That means you're buying the music again? Yes, it does. And I don't know why that seems so weird to people. I mean, I used to have a, a you know a, a piece of music on record, and then I bought it on cassette, and I then know. I bought it on CD, and then I downloaded it. Come on! You know? And yeah. we, we keep saying that we refuse to buy any more music ever again. No, uh-uh. I'll stream from this no, point no. on. But you know what? Yeah. I'm beginning to rethink that. Get back, Loretta. You know what? Why? Do you mean? No, I don't. Tell me. Because I want to buy record albums again. We don't even have a record player. I know. I want to get one. Are you serious? Am I just... I'm just springing this on you right here. You are, I but do. you know what? Now that I you've do. said that, now that you've said that, that would be a great rock school show. 
But you know why? What do you look if what do you look for when you buy a record player? Now I'm living hmm. in a house yeah. that oh. has all of these weird acoustics. It is. It's a weird home. So I yeah. want a record player. Okay. All right. We'll move forward from that. Here's something else to worry about. Number one, we said the fan just wants to do something. Number two, buying music will further bolster the dead celebrity. I, 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 the only best way I can put this is when Dark Side of the Moon, that was the longest running record on the uh, Billboard 200 chart, when it fell off, people bought the album to put it back on. So it would no. continue. Yes, absolutely that, true. That's sick fans. Yeah, weird. But it's the idea of keeping the person alive. The more I buy, the more they stay on the chart, the more they stay alive. And then finally, it has to do with our own concerns because the death of a celebrity is an indication that we will do the same thing any day now. And by buying something, we keep the person alive. Okay, that one's kind of... Wee-hee, waha, how, you know, how does that make you feel? That ain't right. Yeah, but that's the three general that's, theories that I heard about, that I read about. You don't buy it? No, I don't. You I don't, don't buy, buy it at all? all? No. All right. Who's, you know uh, what? They don't buy it in Iowa either. Okay, tell me who's in Iowa. KPVL, Decorah, Iowa. And remember, we are on iHeartRadio. Grab yourself the app and simply search Rock School, and you will find us back in a minute here on, well, Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, during that one-minute little get-together where we were allowing our affiliates to play some sponsorships, you made a neat little rendition of concern about our daughter. What did you say? Well, she's listening to Elvis Presley on YouTube. She is. And it's all music that you've never introduced to her. That's true. She did it all on her own. So why... That's that's my superior parenting, by the way. Yeah, right. That Mm -hmm. you suck as a parent because you never (laughs) played the the album for her, right? (laughs) Okay, go ahead. So now... You Do you think it's parent. it's things like that and teenagers who are going, okay, I know this one Elvis song. I want to yeah. hear the rest of that album. Are those the people who are buying? You mean if Elvis Presley lived until today and then croaked? Yeah. That El- that my daughter would buy? No, not, not in any way, shape, or form. And the reason is because her generation, she's 13, her generation would not buy a piece of music if their life depended on it. Because to them, music has no intrinsic value. I don't. I, I get it. It makes them feel good. It makes all that kind of stuff. But to physically buy it is unthinkable to them. Then give me the age group that has intrinsic value for music. You're looking at us. You're old. We are the. I'm 55. We are the last age group, in my opinion, that is worthy of 
purchasing a piece of music. Just think about when we go on Prime on the, the Roku system and it, it says you can have the movie Rocket Man and own it for $19.99. Not a chance. And we sit there for a month until it finally falls to $3.99 to rent it. Then we'll watch it. Right. You don't buy music anymore. You rent it. So when Bowie goes... And when Winehouse goes, when Whitney Houston goes, it ain't 13-year-old kids buying it because they'll just stream it. It's people our age. Are they buying it because it's like buying a black wreath to go on your door for somebody who died? Wow. It's like, a, it's like flowers wow. for wow. the uh, person who just died? Wow. George Jones reference. They placed a wreath upon her oh, door. Oh, Lord. Wow. I love George Jones. All right. We haven't played. I, that, that's what I think, at least. We haven't played any cars. And we mentioned Rick Ocasek. Here you go. Cars on Rock School. Coming into the bottom of the hour just a little bit late. We're going to do seven days and 70 seconds here in just a moment. What's your name? Tammy Burns. I am Joe Burns. By the way, Whitney Houston became the first female artist to have three albums in the top 10 of Billboard's 200s, but she had to die. Yeah. 2.7 million albums in the day after her death. When Michael Jackson died, his sales went up 40 times. That had to be insane. Oh my goodness. Tupac has had seven platinum posts death albums that's at least seven million in sales good after he dies from gunshot wounds stp stone temple pilots also went up an amazing amount after scott wheeland just took heroin and died george jones you mentioned him i looked him up yeah same thing when george jones died who didn't who who is interested in that kind of music who didn't have a George Jones album? Oh, I love him. So there. All right, let's do seven days and 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates. October 7th all the way through October 13th. You got Monday, Tammy, go. October 7th, 2008, Spotify launches Coldplay's Viva La Vida, uh. and it becomes the day's most streamed song. October 8th, 1987, Hail Hail Rock and Roll premieres. It's a documentary of Chuck Berry, put together by Keith Richards. October 9th, 1985, Strawberry Fields in New York's Central Park is opened by Yoko Ono. October 10th, 1972, James Brown endorses Richard Nixon for president. October 11th, 1975, Saturday Night Live debuts on NBC. Yeah. Janice Ian and Billy Preston are the first musical guests. October 12th, 1970, Jesus Christ Superstar opens up on Broadway. And then October 13th, 1941, happy birthday, Paul Simon. Hey, here's a question. If somebody dies... Are they done? 
Does that mean they'll never tour again? You'll never get to see them live? Nothing like that will ever happen. Yes or no? Uh, I heard about this. The answer is no. No, not even a question. Right. Michael Jackson is right now in a hologram performance in Las Vegas. And you say, well, that's Las Vegas. Oh, oh no, kids. Oh, no. Ronnie James Dio, obviously a solo artist with just Dio. Uh He also sang with Black Sabbath. He has had a Dio Returns tour. In, in 2019, started May 31st, wrapped up June 31st in Vegas. There's a live band with some of the people who played with Dio. I mean this. Go feel free. Look it up. He's on YouTube. I watched The Man on the Silver Mountain sung by Dio. Okay, how is it done? Well, it's done by hologram. And by hologram, you have to go through what is apparently, number one, the technical aspect of it, which is insane. Right, right. And secondarily, you have to jump through never-ending legal hurdles. The company, iIllusion, who put it together, CEO Jeff Pizzuti, made the statement that it's not the technical so much, although that's difficult and that's expensive. It's the fact that, think about Ronnie James Dio. Uh-huh. You don't want to hear just songs he wrote. You want to hear the stuff he did with with all these different groups. Right. And every one of those groups has to sign off on it, and the legality is insane. You're gonna so, you're gonna think I'm weird. Okay, go ahead. But I would go and see it. I would too. And I've said this before when we talked about holograms. Imagine going to see, say, I don't know, uh, who's somebody old that's still doing it, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. What if you went and Gordon Lightfoot opened for Gordon Lightfoot? Oh. Really? You got to see him when he was 25. Oh, my gosh. Jerry Lee Lewis. And Jerry Lee Lewis opens for Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes, indeed. Is that ridiculous? Oh, it's wonderful. I think it's great, too. All right, let's play something. Man in the Silver Mountain. How about that? Rainbow, it's Dio, and it's not the hologram. This is the real thing here on Rock School. Okay, coming into the second break, there was a wonderful little article called The Music is Eternal. It's by a guy named Josh Westerberg. He states the reason that people purchase music after someone has passed away is, number one, the hunter-gatherer gene of the human kicks in. There will never be any more music from this artist, so grab what you can while you can, which is weird because big head, long tail. In, in in 30 years, you can walk up to your computer, you're not going to be using a mouse anymore, and say, play David Bowie. And it'll play David Bowie. 
Think about when you and I were growing up. If you missed an episode of MASH, yeah, you might catch it in the summer, but there was no way to get it again. No, never. Whereas right now, if I want to watch Taxi Driver, yeah, I simply go to my television and say, show me Taxi Driver. Exactly. And it says, you got a couple of bucks? Here you go. And pff, now I'm watching Taxi Driver. I know. Huh? That's called Big Head Long Tail. Also, he states, music makes the person immortal and our actions help to make him that way. Go it doesn't ahead. hurt anything. No, it, it doesn't. hurts no one. You're right. People grieve in their way. Not to bring this up, to bring it down, but my uncle passed away the day we are recording this. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he was this or that or what have you. It's the idea that he was such a baseball fan. That's what people remember. So it won't be that he smoked or he ran, he quit smoking and ran. Um, why can't I come up with it? Uh, marathons. marathons and yeah. such. And he made himself a better person and all of that. It's the fact that at the end of his life, he loved baseball and he seated people at this this uh, minor Altoona. league park in Altoona. And that's what people remember. You, There's that old statement, nobody dies a butthole. I can't say the actual word. <laughs> yep. You remember the best in human beings. Absolutely. And so as a human being, that's what I'll remember about him. I won't remember any of the bad stuff. But I it, will remember his good stuff. Is spending your money? Yes. Rebuying music? Yes. That you love? Yeah. Makes you feel good? It does. Releases a little uh, dopamine or whatever it makes you feel? Right. There's nothing wrong in that. And according to the German people, 51% more sales makes people feel better. It's harming no one, and we all grieve in our certain way. Yep. And by the way, I love the idea of your death album. Amen, not, bro. Not that I intend to grab my chest and hit the linoleum anytime soon, but if you're going to do a death album, you best have it in your hip pocket. That's because right. Because goodness knows when I'm going to step in front of a bus. I will push the button for you. Not that there's any buses here in Hammond. <laughs> Go ahead. Who's listening to us? WMCE in Erie, PA. I oh. bet they have buses. I'm sure they do. Now... Remember, we are on the iHeartRadio app, which is interesting because you're already listening to us. But you can get us in a different way. Grab your telephonic device, grab the iHeartRadio app, and search Rock School, and goodness gracious me, there you'll be. Just don't grab your chest. That's right. Back in a minute here on Rock School. out of the break there's a woman named kelvin gardner she is the uk managing editor of licensing industry merchandisers association it's a global trade body for rights licensing and she told the guardian the london newspaper quote 
In the U.S., there are entire agencies that have grown up to represent deceased celebrities and they've made substantial business doing it. There's business in death, my friend. That's right. If you're dead, people want your face. They want your name. They want your what have you. But how do you do that? I have here for you, and by the way, Forbes puts out this list once a year. Mm -hmm. You can simply search it and see all of the previous years and how people rise and fall. Forbes magazine has listed for us the highest earning dead celebrities of 2018 because 2019 ain't over yet. Ready, ready, ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number 13, Betty Page. She's that model that did the topless stuff back when topless was really something else. Number 12, Muhammad Ali. Number 11, Extension. That's a rapper in the United States. Number 10, John Lennon. Number 9, Prince. Number 8, Marilyn Monroe. Number 7, Hugh Hefner. Number six, Dr. Seuss. Number five, Bob Marley. Number four, Charles Schultz. Number three, Arnold Palmer. Number two, Elvis. And by the way, take a guess how many millions, you know what it is. It's Graceland and all of that. Uh Take a guess at how many millions Elvis Presley pulls in per year. Does it start with a B? Is it a billion? No, it isn't. It's $40 million. You say that, but then number one is Michael Jackson. Oh my gosh. He is literally 10 times Elvis Presley 400 million. Wow. Now you wow. say, is that going to happen every year? No, it's not. We're dealing with the sale of the ATV catalog yeah. and things like that. So he'll move up and down the list. Notice that Kurt Cobain isn't on this list. Mm-hmm. There for a while, he was easily the number one selling dead celebrity, mm-hmm. but it ebbs and flows and moves up but and down the we're, list. But we're also still interested in Michael Jackson's children. That's true. So I I think as long as you have kids that we have an interest in, yeah. Don't you think that would play into that? Well, Elvis Presley has Lisa Marie, and she's uh, keeping not, her finger on the button. Yeah, but we're not so interested Arnold, anymore. See, I look at Arnold Palmer, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Arnold Palmer, maybe he'll be on it next year, but after that, he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his death will hang for about two years. Right. Elvis Presley, here on Rock School. I got a woman here, she can be Okay, coming into the last break, I think this needs talked about. The idea of the posthumous single, you pass away and you obviously uh, have singles released. Like Otis Redding did not die as an old man. He died in a plane crash and he had recorded music. Right, All right. right. According to NPR, there are really three kinds of posthumous albums or singles. There's the one they call Warm to the Touch, and this is usually the best posthumous release because it's stuff that was already in creation when the person died. Nice. It's not like they went back and 
grabbed something else. Right. And we're talking things like Notorious B.I.G., also Grievous Angel, Graham Parsons, Selena. These are people who died without us going, gee, I, I wonder if they're going to die right, soon. Yeah. Right. Then they said number two is the Infinite Vault. This is Jimi Hendrix or Tupac Shakur where they were just recording machines. Yeah. Everything got put to tape. Everything got put to digital. Uh-huh. And people who are fans of them will want to hear these things, even if they're just goofing around. Oh, yeah. They want to hear it. Right. Let's. I mean, I've got a line in my head. Let me just sing it again and again and again and see what comes out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, roll tape on that. And then there's what they call the potpourri. This is the example of like an American prayer, which is a record of just Jim Morrison reciting poetry. These are things that probably never needed to exist. So in case you're wondering, there have been a series of posthumous number one singles, and we'll end up on that. I mentioned Otis Redding. Do you know what his number one single was after he passed away? Uh, Sitting on the dock of the bay. That's right. Janis Joplin. Any idea what hers was? Mm, Number one single. Give a little Mm -hmm. bit of my heart now, baby. No, no, no. Me and Bobby McGee. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim Croce had a number one after he died. Any idea? Mm, I don't. Mm-hmm. Which one? Time in a Bottle. Oh, so John, sad. Yeah, John Lennon had one. Any idea? Um, <laughs> no, which one? Just like Starting Over. Notorious B.I.G. had Hypnotize. I'm not asking you if you know it because I know for a fact you I couldn't name it. a Notorious B.I.G. song if you had a gun to your head. Soldier Slim had Slow Motion. And Static Major had Lollipop featuring Lil Wayne. Not Little. Lil. 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 Wayne Mm -hmm. uh, featuring Static Major. So there's your posthumous number one hits, ladies and gentlemen. So if I'm I'm, I'm not trying to make light, but Saturday Night Live did make that joke. If you want to be popular, if you want to have album sales, die. Yeah. And we just decided to talk about, or I just decided to talk about, the idea of what actually happens when somebody passes away. And, and that's that. I'm telling you again, I love that idea of the death album. I love that. Yes, indeed. When I die in 57 years, <clears throat> uh, I could release the death album. Yeah. I could idea. release the death album. That's true because you're, you're not going to be around money. to release it. <laughs> That's true. I'll be here to make the ten dollars. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm you Tammy are. Burns. Ten dollars. That hurt. You will pay for that at a later date. We're done. Class is dismissed. <laughs>